0: Good morning. Welcome. I'm excited you guys are here truly. Um, my name is Kathy Beebe and I am the Director of Ministry Development here at Polaris. And um, one of my um, ex- exciting part of my job is to be involved with our, our, all our Isaiah 58 ministries. And one of them is Missions. And this wonderful lady here is Michelle Fetty. And she is one of the volunteers here at Polaris that's in charge of mission trips and also street ministry and children's. You volunteer in the children's department and also SMT. So she is a busy lady. Um, And we're gonna share with you a little bit this morning about our trip to Costa Rica.
1: So yours? Thanks, Kathy. Thanks. Good morning, Polaris family. Um, I wanted to start off with a quote from the mayor of the Alawita province in Costa Rica. He says, every form of suffering and evil is here. The drug dealers come here to recruit our kids to distribute. The car thieves recruit our kids to steal. The pimps carry away our kids into prostitution. And then came love pure. Love pure is love without condition love without reservation, love without expecting anything in return. For anyone who doesn't know the Badleys, uh, Love Pure is the heart child of Christy and Chuck. They're longtime members of the Polaris family. They were set aside and called by God to serve the kids and the families in the Alawito province. They gave up all their first world connections and gave in to God because of that, they are changing lives one, mini- one child at a time in the Alawita province. Kathy and I went to see what their ministry looked like on the ground. We wanted to find new ways for Polaris to be involved and support them by serving alongside them and see what that might look like. Kathy?
0: Okay. I'm still, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kathy has a
1: story to share, and then okay. so will I.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, we haven't heard everything each other were going to say up here this morning. I appreciate that. Thank Thanks. you. Um, I'm just going to kind of go through all the things we did in a snapshot. I won't keep you um, but um, very long, but the, first, a lot of the thing, first thing we did or one of the things I want to talk about, we, just, we went to club, so we got to go to club. At some of the clubs, there was like 30 kids, 40 kids just jammed in, in, into our clubhouse that we have down there, which was awesome. Um, we got a chance to walk through Los Pinos and check it out. Um, Flora let us see her home. We went on the streets and walked around and just saw how the families lived. Um, not a ton of pictures here. We're very sensitive to what pictures we, we take. I mean, can you imagine somebody knocking on your door and say, can I, I heard how horrible you live and I want to take pictures of your house, and then I want to post it on Facebook and show everybody back in the United States. I mean, there's a respect to how they—they're doing their best and trying to live a great life, and we want to honor that with when we take pictures and how we got a chance to be a part of and see Christy in her tutoring. We painted, it helped around um, the club, um, and then we covered books for Christy so that to protect the books we set down. Um, we got to go shopping and buy the food because we feed two families. Um, that are a food crisis um, through this ministry. Um, We also got to see a mentoring program by Harvind, who we are hired to work with the community and translate and connection with the community. We got to um, game night. You guys donated all these games for us to take down. I have five, we have five suitcase, six. And thank you. That was a great connection for both Michelle and I to just sit and play games with the kids. And we didn't speak English; they didn't, or Spanish. They didn't speak <laughs> English, but we just connected through the games. So we appreciated that from you guys, um, Christy. Through this wild fiesta that we had, to, <laughs> it was a great time. We got to see—you know—the kids loved everything. They're so joyful and happy. Um, and then we just spent time with. And I love playing floor square, and Michelle was playing with the hula hoops. And then we ended the week with decompress, because you need it. And it gave them, they, I can't believe what they do. We were exhausted by the end of the week, which is Friday, it was five days. And then we got to do something a little touristy, the country's beautiful, what a great culture, and, and the food's awesome. So that's what we did in five days, jammed it on there and got on the airplane and came back home, it was amazing. So each one of us is gonna share one story, something we took away from the trip, and then what we really want you guys to, to know. Uh, my first story, my story, is this one right here. This is sweet little Aiden. And this is the first time he came down from his hiding place up at the top in, in his bedroom to be even near Chuck and Christy. And then Christy was yelling at me, quick, take a picture, take a picture, take a picture. Because Chuck walked over and put the game puzzle. Somebody, somebody gave it from the church and laid it on the step and then walked away. And then he peeked around the corner and his older brother came over and um, started playing with the puzzles. And he wasn't going to let his older brother play with something he wasn't going to get to. So he made his way down and he started playing with his older brother. And then Chuck just kind of came up real slow behind, beside him. And um, then the, the, the older brother was done playing. And then him and Chuck just sat and talked to him Spanish. And then two days later, the little boy came with Chuck to the club. So that was a first. first. I got to see something so cool at birth. because that family, okay, look, tell me that, that sweet face greeted me at the door. So my takeaway, I had prayed while I was down there. I said, Lord, I want to see what you want me to see down here. I don't want to come down here with any expectations and come back doing it and and experiencing something I want. I want to see what you see. And when we knocked on the door, of the Bloss family, this beautiful face opened the door, and we asked with permission if we could come into their home, and they invited us in. And Christine Chuck told us, please be real careful about speaking English because they'll freak out and hide. So I just hung out and just sat with them. But for me, what I saw and what I felt was they still had this unbelievable contagious joy. They have so much joy in the conditions of such hardship. I don't, the kids are just beautiful and joyful and loud and fun and just, you know, my watch kept going on too loud, too loud. (laughs) It was just always, it was just such a, I just take away the beauty of these children and, it, and, it, and it's so innocent. And um, I do have a quote that goes with this picture, and of course it's from Mother Teresa. Um, she said, the, the poor deserve not just service and dedication, but also the joy that belongs to human love. And that's what's going on down in Costa Rica with Love Pure. And then um, what I want you guys to know... Um, this is my third picture. April is um, that love pure is doing what we had always, what we're hearing and what we're hoping. Like what a privilege. It's so all I kept saying to myself. I'm like, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm sitting with these beautiful people, these children that have, are blessing my life as I'm down there. And I want you guys to know how much is. You guys are making a difference down there with this club. Thank you, and Christy and Chuck. We just have to continue to support. Do you have the next picture, April? Of Chuck and Christy on there, look at this. I mean, when Chuck and Christy pull up to the club that we renovated and helped, they, they see their, her their car and they come running out in the street. And want to see them. When Chuck walks down the streets in Costa Rica, the kids come running out, chalk. and they climb all over him. And they just it's just beautiful, you guys. It just is so beautiful down there to see the impact of just the presence of love. And you guys are loving this these people and they deserve our love. That's what I want you guys to know. It's your turn.
1: Um, I just wanted to share um, a favorite experience of mine down there, um, which involves two different Bible study groups. Um, Jovenez Club, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, is um, the club for the little people. And um, I think there's the clip that I wanted you to see real quick, the video. So, you hear how wound up they are and and just how joyful they are. This was impressive to see them, and then Christy played guitar and they sang along and they had a Bible story as well. But what touched my heart was what happened just two minutes before this. They all know that it's time for their club, and they come running, running to be there in time. And I think what I would tell you, it reminded me of in watching that. Remember when you were a kid and you're outside playing with your buddies or your girlfriends, summertime, and all of a sudden you hear it and you say, ice cream. That is how they come running to their club because this is the love environment that Chuck and Christy have created for them. That was only topped for me by watching the teen club. Kathy and I ran into the teens. We were at the park earlier in the day on our lunch break, and we saw we ran across a whole lot of the teens that were playing a soccer game. And they're all muddy and sweaty, and you know, hanging out, and having a good time. They are amazing soccer players, by the way. And um, so they were doing that during the day. But then when it came time for their club in the evening, I was so touched to see what they did. They cleaned up to their finest. They put on their best casual clothes, and they came to have fellowship and learn about Jesus. And just the fact that they desired that in this area just really touched my heart. And the really great thing about it, um, April, if you'll switch to the next one. If you look up into this upper picture in the corner, and then the one down below, this was where their club was once they got settled in. And in that upper picture, you can see that it is so crowded, you can't fit too many more people. And so on the bottom picture, they found a way to participate and be involved as well, because they desire hearing the message. And on top of that, they were in that room for about 45 minutes to an hour. And it was about 800 degrees in there. And that is how much they wanted to be there. And that just really, really touched my heart a lot. and so that's, that's how they motivated me. And you can see up here, this one I just threw in as an extra. Again, this is the, um, the mentoring club where he was learning to weld. So for anybody who doesn't know, um, wait a minute. I knew it would happen. So what I thought I wanted to share with you guys as you can see from all these pictures, Love Pure is serving children and young mothers and families. Christie was taking care of this child while his mother was in the teen club. They have, created a, they have created a community within a community where there is an alternative path to what the mayor's quote had said. There is an alternative path to what is assumed. And that, to me, just speaks volumes about what they do there. Their love, the same kind of love that Christ has for us, unconditional love, is creating something beautiful in the shadows of poverty. They just are amazing. It's amazing to watch what they're accomplishing. So one of the things we wanna share with you is what's next. There'll be a group of us here at Polaris working on what it will look like to invite service missions to come build, do medical things, things like that for Chuck and Christy and their kids, and to serve alongside them as friendship missions sometimes. We do not have anything nailed down yet. We're going to be working on that and see what it's going to look like. Um, Meanwhile, here's my advertisement. If if you want to keep up with what's going on in Los Pinos in the Yaluena province, you can go to the Polaris app, hit the resource button, find the heading for Love Pure, and fill in your email to receive all the latest updates. That's all I've got. And I think you have one little thing more.
0: I have one one quote I'd like to share um, from Malcolm Mudridge, and he says, Only in heaven we will see how much we owe to the poor for helping us to love God better because
2: of them. Thank you. Good job lady. So I'm David Ivy. Thank you for being here. I do have one last announcement. I know this is like announcement center. I apologize for that. Um, our student ministry, sixth through twelfth grade. If you have a student in our ministry or have a student like to be a part of ministry, right after our service, over in the SMAC Student Ministry Activity Center, we have a meeting. We are going over what our school year is going to look like because there's some changes coming to SMT that are going to be huge, but they're exciting, and we want your student to be a part of that uh, in, in some way. So. Uh, please take some time. Twenty minutes is the old, is the idea, so you'll be out plenty of time to grab some lunch with your family. So, we are continuing our Ladies First series by talking about Priscilla. Now, real quick, just throw hands up that who who knows anything about Priscilla of the New Testament? Okay, so I have looks like I got a, a, a fresh audience, which is great. Uh, so, to me. What's amazing about the the story of Priscilla is that uh, her story begins in some turmoil. And I'm going to kind of go through some history stuff. We're going to talk about just what we learned through her life and her husband, Anquilla. So before we get to their story, in 52 AD, in the Roman Empire, Claudius issued a decree uh, that the Jews of Rome were to be kicked out of the city. There were some issues between the Jews and some other people. Uh, there's a ton of history behind that. Uh, but, when, but basically, if you were a Jewish person who lived in Rome, you were no longer welcome to be in Rome. And so no matter what the issue may have been, they kicked you out. Now, you understand something about the Roman Empire at the time and probably throughout the, most of the history of the Roman Empire. Uh, any time there was any kind of unrest, the Roman Empire's like, desire was to to snuff it out. They didn't want any kind of issue. They want everything to be, you know, gumdrops and lollipops. And and to do that, they kill and let people go. So that's how you make gumdrops and lollipops and politicians. But all that said, most of the Jews just went throughout the area, and Priscilla and her husband, Aquila, land in Corinth. This is important because they come across a very important man in history, by the name of Paul. Now, Paul gathers in Corinth to just figure out his new ministry. Now, if you guys don't know know anything about who Paul was, uh, Paul is considered the the best missionary of all time. Um, He had a really weird, bad past that led to Jesus. Jesus redeemed him and used him for greatness. And so here you have a situation where Paul, Priscilla, and Anquilla are no longer able to be at home. And they decided to find a new place. And that place is Corinth. Throughout Scripture, when the name Priscilla and Anquilla are used, more often than not, Priscilla's name is used first. You see this as a, something special because in that writing... If your name is used first, it means that you were the more important of whoever they're talking about. In fact, if you go through some of the writings of Paul, uh, he uses the word "great" next to the word name Priscilla. So Priscilla was a big deal. And if you know, throughout the time that we have and we look at their lives, we're going to notice there's something important happens in this relationship. Priscilla and Aquila served together. They were together in all that they did, which is important. So to me, in my personal walk with Jesus, um, I have noticed that when I serve the people that I love, it makes that service opportunity even more special and actually strengthens my relationship. So before I became a minister, I served here at Polaris Christian Church as as a young 20s man with my brand new wife. Uh, Her name was Jacqueline. She was awesome. She had a scoot to go get my son from hockey. Uh, But she was awesome, and we both served together at the the threes and fours. Now, um, imagine, if you will, a three- or four-year-old walking into a classroom and seeing me. I had to sit down as kids came in because there was a fear factor. Uh, And I always laugh about this because all those kids that we ministered to have gone through my youth ministry now. And I've watched them grow up. And my wife and I, when we have opportunities to serve together, it strengthens our marriage bond. Because we can do something together. We can look back at that moment and say, we did something that Jesus wants to do. So I encourage you, really the first lesson uh, to take from the story of of Anquilla and Priscilla is serve together. Whether you are married or not, marriage is a friendship thing, find opportunities to serve with someone else because it will strengthen your relationships. It will make, you, make you, that marriage relationship even stronger, that, that dating relationship stronger. I love it when we have husbands and wives serve SMT together, because there's still something special about it. So that's really our first lesson from Anquilla and Priscilla, because their names are always used together in Scripture. And so we're going to take our first peek at Scripture, that shows us the first time that we hear the names Priscilla and Aquila. Acts chapter 18 says this. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Anquilla, a native of the area, who had recently came to Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them because he was a tent maker as they were, and he stayed and worked with them. So a little bit of background. Before Paul became Paul, he was a tent maker. And in that time, in that era, you pretty much did the same occupation as your family. So Paul probably grew up in an area where his father and his father's father were tent makers. They built tents. Uh, And it's the same thing throughout most of that region. If you were a banker, then you probably became a banker. If you were a soldier, you probably grew up being a soldier. All that kind of stuff kind of filtered in. And so this amazing opportunity happens in the midst of heartbreak. Remember, these people were asked to leave their city because of who they were. They were discriminated by their, their, their look and their faith. They find this new place called Corinth, And Priscilla and Aquila starts this business and in happenstance, in the midst of that heartbreak, you are introduced to one of the most impactful people in scripture. And Priscilla and Aquila became friends and had this amazing opportunity to kind of take a back seat and learn from Paul. And this brings us to our second lesson we can learn from their relationship sometimes the best thing you can do is take a back seat so we all want to be the head leader we all want to you know the the alpha and especially in myself and uh and, and many people we want to be the one that takes the reins and runs right but sometimes we're asked to kind of slow down take a moment take a step back and learn and grow or allow someone else to take the lead because God asked them to do so. Sometimes that means that we need to be a supporting player at our jobs so that someone else can grow into a new position. Sometimes that means that we don't have to be the head coach of our kids' baseball team or softball team or soccer team because there's an opportunity for someone to take that reign so you can take a step back and just kind of be a supporting player and do more in life. Sometimes that means not saying yes to the PTOs or all the other things you could possibly do during a school year so that you can take a back seat to let someone else lead so that you can grow and learn to do something else. And this is what happens with Priscilla and Aquila. They take a back seat They invite Paul to stay with them. And in doing so, they learn. In doing so, they grow. In doing so, they allow Paul to show them how it's done. So that when it was their time to shine, they can go and do it. Same thing kind of happens at church. Sometimes it's okay to do a backseat role. Sometimes you don't need to be the person on stage. You don't need to be the person who's leading a classroom. Maybe for you, that first step into the service stuff is, is being a welcome person, welcoming people to our church, doing the communion thing. And those are just small steps to becoming something bigger because as you grow in that role, you learn how to be comfortable with doing the service thing. All of a sudden, God has a bigger opportunity for you to grow into. And the same can be said about Anquilla and Priscilla. Because after a season, their life takes a different, interesting turn. Acts 18.18 18 says this. Paul stayed in Corinth for some time that he left the brothers and sisters and sailed to Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Anquilla. Now, here, here's the thing, and I find this amazing about their story. They left Rome... Being kicked out. They establish a business. They put roots down. They have, they're comfortable in Corinth. And because Paul enters their life and Paul's like, hey, I'm done here. I got to move on to the next thing, they could have easily said, hey, see you, Paul. Have fun. We're going to keep on making tents. But because they had that backseat role and because they grew into that role, and they wanted to take the next steps, they follow. Paul, they leave their comfort zone. They set aside their their business because there's something bigger that God wants us to do. And maybe, and that's the second thing. When you are all in for Jesus, the second thing we can learn from, from Priscilla is that sometimes you gotta step out of that comfort zone. Sometimes the most important things you can do is just say something about something do something about something. Sometimes the best thing you can do is, is talk to your coworker who know you who is struggling with life and share with them the, the things that God's done for you. Sometimes it means having that conversation with a neighbor talking to him about who you are and who Jesus is. Sometimes it means yeah, standing up for something bigger than yourself even if it's not popular within the community. Because Stepping out of your comfort zone leads you to do great things. I can only imagine what would have happened if Priscilla and Aquila said, yeah, we're good, we're comfortable. And the beauty of this is God, God tells us that he has great things for us. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for you to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you hope, and a future. Sometimes that future takes place when we step out of our comfort zone. So after a time with Paul, Paul goes on to the next missionary thing, goes to Ephesus, goes all across the world uh, in that area. And we see at the end of Acts 18 that there's a guy named Apollos who comes in the town where Pisilla and Aquila was. Now, Apollos was not uh, Old Testament scholar, he would have came in, he would have had all this information, he had not yet known or, 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 or taken the steps to be a follower of Jesus, but he was really well educated. In fact, here's what eight, uh, Acts 18.26 says, he, being Apollos, began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When uh, uh, Priscilla and Aquila heard them, they invited him into their home and explained to him the way God more adequately. They took a step they invited this guy who was well-known and knew what he was talking about with the Old Testament and invited him into their home so that they can tell them and teach him about Jesus. We talked a little bit about this last week when we were talking about Mary Magdalene. We talked about the Great Commission. And if you guys don't know what the Great Commission is, Jesus tells us here in Matthew 28, he says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. And this is called the Great Commission. Jesus asks us, in fact, no, he commands us that we need to go do something about this faith. Thing that if you come here on a Sunday morning, we are we love to see you. But your faith can't just be in here. Your faith cannot be within four walls. If you sit here and listen, that's awesome. But we there's something more to it. And I said I shared this with you guys last week. I said, you know, there's so often in my life, I ask myself if if Jesus truly changed my life the way I proclaim? Why am I not sharing with everyone possible? Why am I holding things in? Why am I allowing my tiredness or laziness to stop me from having a conversation? Why do I allow fear to stop me from from speaking up about my faith? What if I'm the one that Jesus asked to say something to somebody about his cross and his son and I don't? I think for many of us, for many of us, we allow that fear to stop us. But Jesus reminds us in that verse 20 that surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. You're not doing this alone. I see the things that Chuck and Christy are doing. And imagine how fearful they, they were as they stepped out in those the first opportunities. And yet God has been with Christy, Chuck and Christy every step of the way has never let them down. They are changing lives forever. And here's the thing, we don't have to go to Costa Rica to change lives. There are lives that need to be changed here in Brunswick, Ohio, today, right now, and God has asked you to be a part of that journey. And when we look at uh, Priscilla and Aquila, the, the amazing thing about it is this Apollo's guy that steps in life becomes a big deal. He ends up becoming a big-time leader in the early church, and it all stems from two people who were kicked out of their country, who welcomed in someone into their lives, who, was, who led from the back seat for, for a little while, stepped out of their comfort zone, and became something huge. These small steps that we can learn from their lives. History tells us eventually, Anquilla and Priscilla return home to Rome. Claudius is now dead and they think it's safe. And Paul writes this in Romans 16, verse 3. Great Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus, they risk their lives for me. Not only I, but all churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet the, greet, great also also them the church that meets in their home. A couple things to keep in mind here. Priscilla and go back to Rome. We don't know what they did. There's no historical uh, backing of what happened with Paul. What, we're not sure if he, they just saved him somehow. That's all he says. But he, the big thing that he, this, the look here is that they started a home church. In Jesus's name, and, and after Jesus's death and resurrection, the church wasn't these big buildings. They didn't have huge, you know, congregations. They met in small churches, and still, even in the in Roman times it wasn't necessarily the safest still because at any time, it could flip. Someone else can come in charge and they can't like Christians anymore or can't like Jews anymore. And that happened a lot. And so they met in their home. And I love this lesson we learned about and Quil and Priscilla, they went back home and still did things. They moved back into their place that they were comfortable at one point and still built this church. And so here's my challenge to you today. What are you going to do what, what's your action step? Because this faith thing requires an action. The, the easiest part of, of saying yes to Jesus is saying, Yes, I believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God, and I accept him my Lord and Savior. And what an amazing moment that is when you say those words. But then the next step needs to be taken, the next thing needs to happen. And we learn that through the lives of Priscilla and Aquila. At the end of, of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.19, Paul says, talks about the great Priscilla and Aquila and their, their household. And I, I love this because, for those who don't know about you know, biblical history, um, scholars say that 2 Timothy was the last letter of Paul. Like, Paul at this point is in jail, Waiting his execution. And, and if you know your death is about to happen, you're trying to do all kinds, like you're trying to just give shout-outs to people that you love, make sure everything is correct, make sure everyone is ready for you to be, not be there anymore. And, and he made sure one of the last things that he said before he died was he gave some props and love to the great Priscilla and Anquilla. Imagine if you would imagine if Priscilla and Aquila said yeah we're good how much this world would have missed out on imagine if you would how much this world will miss out on if you don't say yes and do something about something this world needs you you don't believe me Turn the news on for five seconds. To go on social media. Sit in a school board meeting. Talk to the people who are, are hurting. This world needs you more than you know. Priscilla understood that well because she didn't know how much this world needed her. So, what could we take home this morning? we hear the story of Priscilla. The first thing is no matter where you are in your relationships, whether it's a husband, wife, friendship, find places to serve and serve together. Your friendships will be bounded, your 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 uh, your marriages will be stronger. The second thing is sometimes you have to be in a supporting role. And we we are tempted in our society right now to always fill the calendar with everything. And then when we fill our calendars with everything and we get to the end of a month or a year, we say we are exhausted because we filled our calendars with everything. Sometimes we need to take a step back, be in a supporting role so that we can grow. It's called pruning back. Sometimes we need to be out of our comfort zone to share our faith. Get out of your own skin, get out of your own comfort, get out of your own friend group, and share who Jesus is. And lastly, God has something for you to do in this kingdom. This is not a place just to sit. This is a place to act. Because that's what Jesus is all about. Jesus didn't come here to hang out and say, I'm out. See you. See, you. See you when you're gone. He came here to act and show us how to live and how to do this Jesus thing. And now we get to be a part of it. How amazing how special that is. One of these days when we're no longer here, when we meet our Savior face to face, we can say, hey, we had an adventure because we followed you, just like Priscilla. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the the story of Priscilla and her husband, Aquila. Thank you for their ability to say yes when the opportunity is called. Their willingness to take a step back and and learn and grow. Their courage to get out of their comfort zone. Thank you so much that you've used their lives as an example so that we can go do the same. God, my prayer for everyone in this room is that when they leave here today, they go do something about something. That they don't just leave here and think, oh, that's a nice thing to hear. But they go and change their world and the world around it through you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.